0: nitty gritty behind monsters from different lore. However, there is a general focus
1: on D&D. We are players and DMs, so we draw from our experience with different tabletop RPGs, and we tend to go off on tangents every so often.
2: If you're looking for facts and historical value, this may not be the podcast for you. But if you love discussing monsters and all of their potential just for fun, then we got you covered.
0: Adult content warning, and with all that out of the way, my name is Dylan, and I'm joined once again by my two brave monster hunters. I'm Alex.
2: And I'm Melina.
0: And this is Mornings
2: with Monsters. Today, we are talking about Baylor, the sixth type of demon. They have giant bat wings and are insanely strong and relatively intelligent. Um, they fight with a whip of fire and sword of I wanna say lightning. I think or, it's storm
0: yeah, in general.
2: Storm or some sort of powerful element. Um and they they come from the abyss. The one thing I I I was like, oh I'm gonna have to research a blood war because most of yeah. the references to them reference how they uh their existence within a blood war i think i knew this but i was not super aware of it the blood war is the war between the chaotic plane and the nine realms of hell yeah so it's like organized hell versus you know chaotic hell it's the demons versus the devils yeah Yeah. that's
1: exactly what it is yeah (laughs)
2: literally yeah they're they are pretty cool very strong i think that they're probably one of the most player-like creatures I've ridden, I've read before.
1: Yeah, um, I would have to say, like, because even though they're not, like, they don't transform, like, a lich would or something like that, like, yeah. they have the most, like, skill abilities and...
2: Yeah, like, they're the most, like, well-rounded I've... Or, I guess, like, tactical <sighs> that I've read that's not just like we have a tactic this is the one way we do things it's yeah. more like i'm smart and i'm super strong and i'm going to fight from back here because i don't need to be super strong cuz i'm smart but if i have to fight i can like yeah. eat the shit out of you kind of thing so yeah i feel like it's like it's a very like rogue way of of fighting and interacting in battle and I thought that was very interesting for a like big bad.
1: Yeah. Um, I like the fact that, like more often than not, they're trying to make packs on the material plane so that they can siphon energy from the material plane back to the abyss to use to further the the blood war. I think that's pretty cool because that it leads itself to, like you said, a uh, behind the scenes type of fighter. Like will he will they technically be behind the scenes when they're doing shit on the prime plane? Maybe, maybe not, you know what I mean. But at the same time, They are fighting for their side of the blood war while doing that, but not actually in the war. You know what I mean? They're just gathering energy or, you know, gathering specific like uh, magic users to enhance their, their repertoire or whatever. I think that's pretty cool that like something so large, so vast, so old and powerful chooses to fight the way that they do because of their intelligence, you know?
0: They're also the most likely yeah. to agree to mm-hmm. be summoned if the right conditions are met out of the demons, which is pretty nuts. You wouldn't think that. Um, I don't think they like being controlled, but they find the opportunities to, you know, spread demonic influence or, you know, attempt yep. to assume the role of leadership
1: yeah. of whatever they're I only, I only have, into. like, very little... Baylor specific like story knowledge because i've read the forgotten realms books and he, um there's a named Baylor named air okay. uh and he is all throughout those books as the like mortal enemy of the party you know uh, and he, it it says yeah. they you get, you get into his pact and the workings of his mind in, inside of that pact and like you really rarely see him ever lose control of that bargain.
0: So originally when we're talking like Advanced Dungeons and Dragons Baylor, they weren't called Baylor. They were Demon Number Six uh or Belrog, yep. uh which they had to change because of the Tolkien lawsuit. Um and they ended up being named Baylor after the most famous of the yep. demon number sixes, named Baylor who lived for so long that he worked under every single demonic lord. That is crazy. Which is wild. I mean, think about like the lifespan of a demonic lord and the Baylor was around for all of them. It's like his lore is hard to cover because he's got like, he was around since like Four negative thousand. Yeah. several thousand years. <laughs>
1: Almost like a primordial at that point
0: yeah i mean essentially of the abyssal realms like uh so also the the weird thing about the baylor much like the the slod that we talked about um in the earliest editions uh there was only said to be 12 um but as the lore kind of expanded and the abyssal realm turned from a plane to an infinite realm uh now there are uh you know an undetermined amount, but a, a several hundreds, they believe. But I think, again, it makes sense for us not to know everything yeah. about the Baylor because there's not a lot of scholars traveling into the lowest depths of the infinite abyssal plane. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's just yeah. a straight-up war all no, the time. You. I think mm-hmm. it would
2: definitely, any knowledge would come from uh, baylor that maybe has somehow found its way contracted to the material plane. Yeah. Or just is has decidedly been um on the material plane trying to, you know, siphon that chaotic energy or send back uh useful things, like Dylan said. Yeah, they're just they're freaky for sure.
0: Yeah, they're scary. And I I don't think there's a ton of there's not like a ton of lore about them them as a race. Uh it's more so like lore Mm -hmm. about individuals i mean they're generals in war and it it just takes too long to go over the the feats of each different one that are have multiple different accountings of so i am coming at this from a place of i already knew quite a bit about balrogs from the tolkien universe they're essentially the same thing and as i kind of refreshed my knowledge of them while doing research of the balor they are pretty much on track <laughs> to to be the same thing. I mean, in Tolkien's lore, he said there was between three and seven. So, yeah. again, small numbers. It actually went the opposite way. In his earliest writings, he said there could be hundreds. And then in his later writings, he said there could only be three to seven or Morgoth would have won the initial wars before, you know, Sauron and... The third age and all that good stuff, but uh, also you know something I didn't realize about the Belrogs is, um, in in Tolkien's work, every time every time a Belrog was killed, whoever was fighting it also died. Yeah. Like, and we're talking like super powerful, like Gandalf yes. <laughs> dying and coming yeah. back, um, and they were also on the level of the Maiar, so they were the same like level. Of uh, being as Gandalf and Sauron, and so they weren't like
1: subordinates. They were essentially <laughs> like their mortal enemies, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, they are intense, um, and they, they would—they had all the same kind of things, like the fire whip and the uh, the sword, and uh, the wings are debated.
2: Yeah, stuff. like true. fire, they—they are known to have like a fiery aura as well, mm-hmm. which like. Yeah. It's not depicted necessarily in like D&D lore, but it's, I think like when you look at Balrogs and I, it might be why it's not depicted that way in, in D&D now is because it.
0: Oh, they, they, they have a feature called fire.
2: Yeah, Era. yeah, exactly. I guess I mean, like, yeah. as far as the way it, I like see it what looks, you're saying, like when you look at like the second edition picture, you can, it much, it's like that. Fire. it has like the fiery aura kind of thing but like i can get like the newer age look of uh balor if you were to put that fiery aura on there it would look exactly like uh like tolkien balrog
1: yep agreed
0: yeah but then the imagery of tolkien balrog is also heavily debated because in the books yeah in the books it doesn't ever actually say that it looks anything like what we know it to look like um it's actually it's actually described as like uh, a human uh, a massive human shrouded in clouds of flame and uh shadow so do
1: you think then that that peter jackson went with the visual of a baylor because of the like um, the close ties between D and tolkien lore
0: possibly and i also think it may have been a tactic of like this is a a primal evil and we don't want you to think it's sauron because that makes sense i do think it had demonic you know tolkien sometimes was was extremely descriptive yet extremely vague with some of his like uh physical characteristics of certain creatures because he wanted them to be um you know (laughs) kind of left it to your imagination with
1: certain things he wanted it Um, to be the nightmare of your own mind not not his
0: yeah exactly um so like all of those things are always debated and people you know all the experts will say this is what it is exactly but they'll all say different things so it it is what it is but the baylor i think by fifth edition have changed quite a bit from the original yeah demon number six slash balrog <laughs> uh i think they've kind of earned their own uh backs background and lore coming from the abyssal plane and uh making contracts with uh humans or you know people with chaotic affinities um, cuz you're you're not you're not contracting a balrog unless you are um you know morgoth <laughs> like not even sauron had balrogs so. right um but yeah I thought it was I thought it was cool I didn't know that they were the same thing and it was the whole hobbit versus halfling situation
2: uh yeah I did.
1: can't can't call them that <laughs> oh really okay
2: I honestly had to like look it up and be like, "I think I know what you're talking about," but and then I was, like, oh, "Oh, of uh... course." I for sometimes I forget about Tolkien lore when I talk about yeah. like other monsters in D and D lore and other lore in general, just because it's it's such a vein of its own that just is like running next to the other ones. It's you know pulls yeah. from all the all these, which is. Arguably, what any great writer should do—it's like pull from what uh, they yeah. have and make it their own.
1: I also forget that. Yeah, that's Tolkien's just Tolkien's much older.
0: intellectual property. Older
2: absolutely, oh, absolutely. Yeah. absolutely,
0: Yeah, but it's hard not to pull from you know his work because he really kind of set the uh, standard of like elves <laughs> and certain creatures. Yeah. And I mean the mean, way the way
2: now realizing that on the wiki, uh, like the uh Forgotten Realms wiki for history. It literally says based on J.R.R. Tur- Tolkien's Belrorg. Yeah,
0: yeah. Which I'm sure they had to. I'm do sure that. they. Had to do
2: that. uh,
0: I, I wonder if I don't know if it says that for halflings too, but they they were originally called hobbits. Well, that really happen. in D and D. Yeah, but they weren't allowed to do that. that's what got them in trouble. Gotcha. There's a couple other things too, like the spelling of elves might even differ. I'm not 100 percent sure on that though. Um, and then it like. Ents, right? Because that's
1: that's Tolkien, but Trents are dingy. Yeah. Interesting.
2: Oh, is that?
1: Yeah, that was one of them.
2: That makes sense. Let's see. Yep, Hobbits. It also says based on Hobbits when you look at Halflings.
1: Oh, that's cool.
0: Yeah, even though I would say like every Halfling I've seen or met (laughs) is wildly different than like a uh Absolutely. Hobbit. Like
2: they're
0: like people and and I guess that's the way people choose to play them as like little mischievous usually like for some reason I always picture them as a bard or like Rogue. You know. Yeah, or a rogue. Um yeah. which I guess tracks, but they're they're much more like I don't know, like I imagine out of all of the uh playable D and D races, they're gonna swear the most and be the most, you know. <laughs> raunchy a lot of the time which aren't which aren't really you know the hobbit style but that's also determined by who's playing yeah but i
2: feel like the hobbit well we're not talking about hobbits today we're we're not talking about we could we could probably have a whole other podcast about Tolkien lore and its comparisons and shit
0: yeah i'm trying not to do too much of it but like the balrog is one of the coolest things to me like uh in in the tolkien lore like they're just really really cool and yeah they also were generals in an army so they fought alongside the first dragon i
2: do find it really interesting that a creature that literally is based in sowing chaos is leading armies as well like I know that it it sounds like it should go together but like the way that it sows chaos and like the way that it's like it can't be or like it doesn't want to be around anybody that's too weaker too much weaker than them because that's just like not a challenge it's not interesting to them they can't be with by anybody that's too much stronger than them or it's too much of a challenge like or mm-hmm. too intimidating yeah.
0: they're they're kind of douchebags they're total wow.
2: douchebags which I'm like I doesn't really lead to leadership for me but i also understand that they are they're not leading just anybody they're leading other demonic selfish beings that
0: yeah which are all self. also like you know pit, pit fiends and yeah like other extremely strong terrifying things with uh similar
1: who you know personalities don't or... like any other demon usually especially the balrog you know like most yeah. most uh of the like Interactions I've read between lesser demons and a Balrog, it's always been like in the moment that they're faced with the the Balor, I'm sorry, uh, that lesser demon acts in fear and, you know, respect. But the minute that it's out of eyesight, you know, it's cursing that Balor's name and it's like, you know, wishing, you know, horrible evils to set upon it. So nobody really likes each other in this like power structure but they do respect each other's power
0: i mean everyone can always complain about their
1: boss right yeah
2: you're right
0: (laughs) no matter how good of a boss they are
2: it's very much probably like a show of intimidation or strength is what gets you leadership rather than like you're the best leader because it's like oh you're the strongest or you're the most like you know you appear to be the strongest. You appear to be the best at like this chaoticness that we need, and no one's gonna challenge you, or we're gonna die probably, even no. though we don't like you.
0: Uh, speaking of probably gonna die, um, I'll shed some light on the um, the stat block a little bit because I have it pulled up. Um, they're scary. Uh, I saw some number crunching. They're gonna do about a hundred and thirty. Damage around, um, so they're not weak. Uh, they also get three uh attack or they get three times damage uh on a critical hit,
2: Whoa. which is wild.
0: So, uh, if <laughs> that uh, 130 per round can get a lot worse if they crit almost 400 so damage, yeah. Um they, they're going to attack with a whip and a longsword, so they're going to pull you into range because their whip uh, is actually going to pull you 25 feet toward it, uh, which it can do while flying. Okay. So it can pull you 25 feet straight up into the air, uh, resulting in you taking another 2d6 damage if it lets you go after attacking you um, and you hit the ground. So, scary. Uh it also explodes when it dies yep. <laughs> and does uh, an average of 70 damage um, on a failed save.
2: I didn't know that.
0: It's also, uh, yeah, it's scary. It's a scary, scary guy. Uh, it's immune to poison. Uh, it is immune to fire. Uh, it is resistant to cold, lightning, bludgeoning, piercing, slashing, all from non-magical. Uh, so it's it's beefy. Uh, it's It counts as magic weapons when it attacks and it has advantage on all saving throws against spells or magical effects. So just in general, it just had, just gets advantage. It is a scary, scary guy. Yeah. Um, but it's not, I mean, there are named Baylor, but essentially when you're talking about something this strong with this kind of stat block, it's usually a single named creature, right? Like, um, especially like there's a lot of like in the, Demonomicon, like you're gonna when you see something this powerful, it's gonna be like something of the great, blah blah blah, you know. Yep, um but this thing is just like you could run into multiple of these if you're in the abyssal plane, like there's a bunch of them, it's not just like some one guy, yeah. Like, I,
1: <laughs> I think the Krampus stat block that I used for my one off was not much stronger than a Baylor naturally. You know, like it had I just didn't use like the le, the three or four legendary actions that Krampus had, but yeah. But yeah, the Baylor is got more HP, has the same AC, and uh can probably eke out more damage. I'm I'm pretty sure. I can't remember the exact damage on, on Krampus, but it was pretty high.
2: That was uh something.
1: Yeah,
0: this thing does not have um legendary actions but
1: it, though, right? it
0: can teleport up to 120 feet just as an action yeah will. It can just do that every turn that's if it wants fucking to
1: crazy
2: <laughs> it also has a true sight so that's pretty cool
1: yep so even if you're invisible
0: seeing right through yep. you so no- this thing is just inherently tactical like because of its properties i mean if you are going to fight a Baylor, you are wading through waves of lesser demons just to get to yep. it, and, and it can be then it's going those, like, to
1: imps, you know, like things that just scare yeah. you until you get fed up, you know.
0: And it, it will. So you're you're almost never facing this thing at full HP. With full spells, which is scary, a scary thought. And then also, it's going to put you into a situation where it's going to pick at you as it's flying uh, until it can single out which one is the biggest nuisance uh, and then focus solely on that until it's dead. Yep. So watch out, spellcasters. If you're invisible and go in the back and start picking like uh, spells at it, um, it's going to target you and attack you and pull you in and shred you apart with its uh, magic sword until you're dead and then start working on the next weakest person and we should uh, because... and say
1: that like they do that with a single-minded intensity like okay. they will not stop until that target is dead
0: yeah because like at the end of the day they have a primal urge to do battle mm-hmm. like that's their whole reason for being is they are there to sow chaos uh in a in an orderly fashion yep. <laughs> Which is weird, but they're
2: um, gonna Demas. do it in the smartest, most tactical way. So it
1: exactly the most efficient so much- way they can.
2: Yeah, it appears to be organized when it's really chaos.
1: Yeah, I, and I mean, and that's the thing. Like, you have a bunch of like, you know, CR nineteen and above beings in the abyss who are basically handing out like you know manila folders to small lesser demons who can go between planes at will and say you know this is what you need to do for this week and we need to hit this chaotic level by you doing this and if like you run into trouble or someone catches on and they summon us then we take over and we'll fuck shit up but you guys should be able to handle all of this chaos sewing without our power you have our blessing but you don't you don't need our power you know and i think that's interesting because we just came off of the the very chaos beings of the slot who they don't have any hierarchy that they really truly care about they just try to grow strong and fuck shit up as fast as they can and in the craziest way possible so it's like the very flip side of chaos where you have one side who doesn't care at all, at all how it gets done. And the other side who cares so much that they have layers and, and levels and, and bureaucracy to maintain it.
0: Yeah. It's, it's fun to imagine that bureaucracy happening mm-hmm. in the Abyssal Plains. Cause it's like, <laughs> it's just constant war. Yeah. So it's like the bureaucracy that comes with being in a constant state of war and not just against another organized army against fucking devils like also have very scary just as powerful things uh or else it wouldn't be a a forever war it would have ended it so (laughs) they're clashing against uh a formidable foe like on the same level as them just different i
2: think that's why i called them like it's more of a player like read when Mm -hmm. you're reading about them I think that's part of it it's because like normally when you're reading about big bads like there's much less order to their thought paths there's much less like strategy to their there's less of a plan like they might have good strategy like in battle but they have no point other than like oh this person's in my space I'm gonna kill it this thing's in Mm -hmm. my space I'm gonna kill it I see this thing I'm gonna kill it it's like That's not necessarily what they're doing. They also like, you know, they have, they have like poison fangs and claws, but they don't use them because they have these weapons. They're smarter. They know they don't have to get up close and personal. They have all these other things that benefit them, which I think it's like, yeah, when you look at certain race, like playable races that we have that have things that could potentially have claw attacks. Like, we don't necessarily use those things because we have so much other stuff that just works better. It's just smarter to to do. And, like, you don't always see a bad guy who's going to be like, well, I don't need to use, like, my natural, like, all my natural abilities. I'll use the ones that make sense for me in a fighting style. And, like, and then I will figure out like the rest so it's like he doesn't get up close and personal because he's flying around finding you know who's making this battle the hardest which i think is also a very like player character mindset, very. like decision making like okay how do we make it like i want to find the bad guy like the like, the, what is equal to my level that I can, like, destroy and make this fight easier for other people. Or I can sow chaos within and make it harder for them to do battle, like, because their leader is gone Um, kind of thing. Like, I feel like yeah. it's harder than, like, it's, it's charisma and it's, like, ability to make those types of decisions, I think is just, it's a very interesting thing and it's not... Like, obviously, there are plenty of bad guys out there who do read like this, and we just haven't gotten as much into them because they are much more in, like, the demon and uh, devil realm, you know, because they are a little bit more humanoid as much as they are not.
0: Talking about all their different capabilities, it's kind of like... In a video game, when you're going through stages of a final boss and, like, the health bar keeps changing, <laughs> like, once you disable its wings and its whip attacks somehow, it's still got a magic sword and it's teleporting. Once you figure that out, oh, now it's just going primal. <laughs> attacking right. you violently. Yeah. Can huh? I have
1: observation related to this demon?
0: Yeah. Sure. I, um,
1: it reminds me of in the, like, the layers in runescape where you'd go to fight this dude named Tizak jad he goes see yep. a bunch of like lesser demons and stuff like that it, it's it's it like feels similar to that i don't know why but it's like especially when it's uh it's got so many different attacks and you kind of have to focus on being picked apart while you're getting to it it's uh um, yeah it's like jesus christ just leave me be
0: it's basically exactly that. I mean, you have to fight through levels of uh, the Abyssal Plane, even to get to it. I yeah. mean, yeah, absolutely. That's a throwback. And, I haven't thought of and that even like
1: even if you f- were to find a, a Baylor like on our Prime Material Plane, by that time, its contract with whoever it is 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 going to be in such a way that like you'll still have to fight through le- levels of like undead or drow or you know whatever lesser being until you get to the person who made the pact with it you probably will kill that person before you kill the baylor. and if you do then you have still a, a free baylor without a pact on the yeah. plane <laughs> who's capable of all of these things and now doesn't have anyone to like tell it what not to do so it's one of those fights. yeah fighting. you
0: have to you gotta kill the demon this is this is Demon Summoning 101. Yeah. You gotta kill the demon before the pact yep. person because yep. you don't want a free Baylor. Because no, it's good to go until it's till it dies and is sent back to the Abyssal Plane. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean that's scary. I would much rather try my hand at charismatically charming the summoner and getting him to banish the baylor before we deal with the summoner because. It would at least be able to. We w- we might be able to do that, you know. As a player, like you might have the skill to charm a, a sorcerer or a summoner or whatever he is, to to the point where he'll banish his own demon.
2: Didn't you say that this is the demon that was uh, possessing Eden?
1: No, actually, that's so funny. But um, it the demon that possesses um my wife's character is a Glabrazu level demon, which is not, oh. not too far lower down. Um, but it is actually one of Baylor's like favored, uh, demon servants that they'll use to, yep. to employ chaos in, in the realms. Um, and they like them because of their corruption, uh, of the innocence and their ability to like pervade goodly things and beings.
0: Yeah. That tracks that the, uh, Glabrazu is a favorite, thing because um somewhere in the Baylor's lore it says it enjoys watching the subtle corruption of the innocent yeah so as much as it loves like just destruction and chaos it also would like to like kick its feet up and watch maybe a glabrazoo corrupt the minds of the mortals and uh, so oh, chaos uh, through temptation
1: that. yeah <laughs> and like, who wouldn't love and that really you know it's like like when I was reading about air to the, the Baylor that is something that it it would like muse about a lot is like, Oh, before, you know, before you have this person kill their child, like let, let me be there. You know what I mean? I I'd like to see that things like that are, are of great interest, which if if you're a smart player, you could use things like that to your advantage when dealing with a Baylor, you know, um, depending on how evil you're willing to be yourself. You could absolutely entrap a demon into watching some fucked up shit and and deal with it while it's distracted.
0: So I didn't tell you this um, before we started, but I've been uh, exploring uh, uh, ancient caves of uh, Dwarven society while we're recording this. Um, I got my ranger friend and my two halflings uh, with me. Oh, three. Sorry. Sorry about that. Um, uh, And I just uh, heard some drums in the deep. So I'll be right back. Two arms!
2: Careful!
0: Hey guys, welcome back to another middle of the episode. This week we're discussing the Baylor, one of my favorite monsters of all time. It was a super fun episode. We got to deep dive a bunch of crazy old lore. Really, really cool stuff. Hope you guys are enjoying and I hope you continue to enjoy every single week and you know, bring some friends. Tell everyone you know about us that is the best way we do our advertising as always huge shout out to at miz and cake on instagram check out that super cool art uh they did our cover art looks super cool look at it every day and if you found us by scanning a qr code on the cover art on a little sticker somewhere around town then that is thanks to at Olava's Cryptic Crafts. Check them out too. And we had a little guest appearance for just a moment. Um, That is John, huge uh, friend of the podcast. So just thought I would throw that in there. Don't forget, you can always reach us if you want to send in a monster request for us to discuss on a future episode. Or if you have any questions or comments or you just want to chat, uh, you can reach us at morningswmonsters.com at gmail.com that is going to do it for me today in this uh middle of the episode part that i love to do so much i will let you get back to the rest of your episode enjoy and i'll see you next week uh well we got to relative safety we had to cross a sketchy bridge i told it it couldn't pass uh right right now uh we have a a little bit of a magical barrier so i think it should leave us just enough time to finish the rest of this episode. i almost
1: spit out my soda um,
0: <laughs> uh i mean there's a couple arrows flying at us but you know you know those orcs they never hit no. anything any uh just just like oh we're all important characters we have plot armor uh i guess uh i guess let's let's hop into prompts yes yeah. you guys feel feel free to interrupt me with any more fun baylor stuff um okay so this one is fun uh friends or foe and uh, how would you make them one or the other? Uh, so how would you befriend it or how would you fight it?
2: I don't think you could befriend it. I, I mean, there's
1: always a way. I would definitely try to make a pact.
2: I mean, yeah, I think there's making a pact and I think there's mm-hmm. fighting it. I don't think there's befriending it and fighting it.
1: <laughs> but I feel yeah. like if I were going to be the type of person to summon a baylor i would be someone who's quite willing to do like very bad things i don't know the specifics of the sacrifices that you need for the balors but they said that it needs to be satisfactory so i can only imagine it's not good
0: um i'm gonna say you probably have to be of either chaotic or evil yeah
1: and so i would feel like yes the initial like Com- connection and communication would be through magical contract where i would be subduing him with my will and and sacrifices given but there could there could possibly be a point where he sees me as like kindred in his evil and his chaos but also like in that sweet spot of power levels where i'm powerful enough that he sees me as respectable but not so powerful as to see me as a challenge you know i mean they do spell it out fairly easily that like they surround themselves with a very specific level of people and you could probably get there as a humanoid non-demon entity
0: level 20 barbarian or well yeah i
1: would i would assume a magic caster would be more beneficial simply because you you would know how to summon them and you would be able to like exert some sort of magical control or or defense if not control
0: but also part of the reason why i like the the balor so much is it is the bane of magic casters it's got resistance to magic and it's going to target them first yeah. which i love which I... <laughs> I love that so much so i don't know it's like if a Baylor is going to choose to fight something it would have an easy time i think with a, a, a magic user more so than uh say like a level 20 melee i mean
1: but at at a level 20 melee class like how much resistance are they are they gonna get to that uh five foot fire aura you know true
0: Uh, i guess it depends like paladin probably a lot barbarian fighter probably not much um (laughs) So I don't know. Uh although you wouldn't be befriending it if you wouldn't be befriending it if you were a paladin no. unless you like were like an oathbreaker like, uh, a, a, yeah, oathbreaker or like a demonic paladin which is fun.
1: That sounds cool. I
0: would yeah, like your god your patron god is one of chaos and of the abyssal plane. Um yeah, I don't I don't know. Um but yeah, you, I mean any level 20 though, to be honest. Any level 20 uh class is probably good enough.
2: What you're saying is it doesn't happen it's in campaigns.
0: I think it depends on the DM. Pretty
2: much give up once. I mean, well, they don't give up, but they don't play that far.
0: Yeah, m- most campaigns are not making it to level 20. And even when they do make it to level 20, like when a campaign makes it to level 20, it's not that fun. Like it's fun, but not for too long, right? You're gonna you're gonna steamroll yeah, everything. Yeah, you just kind of. And it's not fun for the DM because you're going to steamroll everything. I, you fucking throw three Tarasks at it, and you guys are done with it in half an hour. Like
1: I uh, accidentally clicked on a video today that th- I thought was going to talk about Baylors, but they didn't. But they did talk about CR plus 40 uh, oh. monsters, and wow.
0: Yeah. I mean, the problem with combat at that high of a level... Is both of he, both the the players and the the monsters are doing enough damage to kill each other every round, so it's it's a battle of w- like wit more than it is like <laughs> raw yeah. strength and good yep. rolls. Because if you're not if you don't figure out how to you know negate oncoming damage that you're not sure what it might be yet, then you're yep. dead. And if you do negate it and then unleash a level twenty a party of attacks then it's dead so it's hard to run (laughs) and most campaigns if they make it to level 20 only do a couple sessions as level 20 now no promises as to what will happen if you guys make it to level 20 but just from what i've seen it's typically like it's fun but not if i make
1: it to level 20 as ebon i'm gonna go find a god and try to fight him
0: that's interesting i thought you were gonna drink a mountain
1: i don't think i i if i win <laughs> my fight against my, a god i will have to drink a mountain because what's gonna kill me You'll after that to. you know oh you're trying to find a worthy yeah. death i guess the all dwarves yeah. are right
2: i mean we might end up fighting Saurak.
1: let's go who
0: knows <laughs> who knows okay melina friend or
1: foe um
2: foe, foe. i don't know how i'd fight it okay. um
1: I feel like Sev would be an actually good character to fight against a Baylor. You're you can fight from afar like you have your magical crossbow, you know what I mean? And like you can pack a punch with sneak attack.
2: Yeah. I feel so like but it would have like yes, but at a level 20.
1: Yeah, but- I'm not not now, not this Sev. Right at this moment, but absolutely like your build currently going up, I feel like it, it could stand a pretty good fight against one.
2: Probably. I just don't know how exactly I would go about it. I definitely think it would have to be an a team effort.
1: Yeah. Uh
0: yeah, yeah for sure. I, don't, I mean a one on one I don't man. think
1: a one on one would go very well no matter what you are. That's what the Baylor mm-hmm. wants.
2: It, someone would probably die yeah, yeah I, I mean that's kind you of you'd need
1: way. at least three team members of equal strength and more than one might die
2: yeah that's what i'm thinking
0: i would for this being i'm not gonna try some sneaky way of befriending it uh i would love to fight this thing if someone goes down that's a good combat not necessarily every time but like if there's multiple downs and you still win that's, that's a great. great combat. yeah this uh I I watched a lot of like DM YouTubers talk about the Baylor. All of them are like, it's late game. There's nothing to this thing other than just combat, 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 which I kind of see why they're saying that. But I wouldn't be afraid to throw this at a a non-maxed party. Like this isn't an unkillable thing. Yeah, I mean, well, in my party, there's six of you and you guys are already running through is uh, C- way above mm-hmm. your class I think it is a great challenge yeah sure it's going to do 140 damage in one turn but that's only one character's death per yeah. turn right so you got six turns to fi- I don't know figure yeah. it out <laughs> I-, I love challenges I love throwing challenges um, at people that I don't see a solution to because then you have to figure yeah. it out um, so that's exciting to me to like go into to fight like Stampy, my paladin, my crazy chaotic wizard paladin, sorcerer paladin, I would f- love to f- use him against this guy. He's not optimized to fight him whatsoever. No. Um, but I would go all in and smite, 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 teleport around, you know, harass him as he's targeting our, our spellcasters, and probably go down after. You know, pouring all of my lay on hands and being uh, resurrected, hopefully, (laughs) Uh, you know, chaos magic like it would be a hard battle, but I would like to I just want to straight up fight it. I wouldn't even have a crazy tactics. I would just go in and burn every single thing I could use all of my action economy, every single turn, and every single person in the party would have to yeah. like you, you got to move, you got to use yeah. a bonus, you got to use every attack, every little modifier, burn all your spell slots. It would be a it good would. fight.
1: I, I would absolutely fight a Baylor as Ebon with Stampy. That would be phenomenal. Just because, like, if you were to get hit, I could runic shield you and. I can do a lot of weird bonus actions to help my damage mitigation and like us dancing in and out. That would be it would be a phenomenal fight, I think.
0: <laughs> it would be fun. Yeah, I mean, you're you're buffing like a lot of the time in combat, I'm like I'm just going to run in and uh I'm going to put, you know, shield of faith on myself and then I'm going to switch it to a different buff that I'm also going to give to yep. myself because this thing's targeting me because I'm up in its face. This would be a very different fight. It would be, um, you would have to constantly use your buffs on other people, and you'd have to pick the right people at the yeah. right time, uh, you know, protection at the right time to avoid that imposed disadvantage, and at all costs, for the love of God, avoid the crit.
1: Avoid a crit.
0: Avoid <laughs> avoid the crit, or it's like done. my runic
1: shield is probably only ever coming out for a crit because I. Yeah. i (laughs) i mean i I try to stick to that now but at that point it would be a one-hit ko like you could easily wreck somebody with a a crit on a balor oh yeah yeah
2: done dead
0: okay next question uh if you were to homebrew this monster would you change or add anything to it
2: i feel like it's an extremely well-rounded monster
1: yeah because i mean it can fly it can do magic it has natural shit, and it can summon things, so...
0: I'd give it invisibility.
1: Oh, that's you're... Right? That's horrible.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I wouldn't give it invisibility, but I might give it, like, two or three um, uh, counter spells, depending on your level. Yeah, you know I, mean?
1: I think that's probably where I would go, too. I feel like the only thing it's kind of missing out on is, like, dispel or... Legendary. You know what I mean? Some kind of thing to just... Yeah click off whatever you just tried to do
0: sure yeah i mean i I, that's something i most commonly add to a monster because like if it has no ace in the hole as far as dealing with magic then you're gonna run through it yeah (laughs) but also i think it would still be a good fight because you're not landing those magic attacks yeah i was just
1: i was just thinking like maybe that's why it doesn't have the dispel is because it's already very immune
2: yeah
0: yeah and it's got true sight so if I mean, you have it's giving, so many like yeah.
2: immunities and resistances, then I wouldn't like. It really
0: doesn't need no. to. Yeah. change.
1: no. Um,
0: I know what I would change. What's that? Uh, I would, I would a hundred percent give both of its weapons, um, curses. Oh, there you go. <laughs> like like, uh, like so that if the good. party tried, t- yeah. So basically, just make it so that uh, if they try and pick up those weapons, they would get a terrible curse yeah because there's um, nothing
1: that's stopping anybody from using those is there
0: not not unless its weapons burn up uh when it explodes but i would assume it i they would wouldn't. assume
1: that too the, the whip is made out of fire
0: yeah so but i mean the a general in uh army of demons should probably have like weapons that you would need a chaotic evil alignment to uh use without being afflicted by something yeah, i like curse. that yeah uh do we agree with its base alignment chaotic
1: evil i i feel like it's a little bit more lawful than it is chaotic but i'm not i'm not going to argue the point so much to switch it
2: yeah argument for being chaotic as like but i also can see an argument for lawful
1: yeah
0: yeah i I feel the same way i mean there's there's notes of lawful in any leader right or else you wouldn't you wouldn't be able to lead um, if you're 100 percent. yeah chaotic. and like we were talking
1: yeah. about earlier they they do tend to stick within a like pretty structured hierarchy in the abyss so it's it's interesting that they do have them uh, as chaotic but yeah
0: i i think um i think that's why a lot of the time in modern day D D sessions alignment is kind of just yeah. thrown out the door because we're giving our you know, monsters motives and making them smart. And you can't always determine someone's uh, alignment by two no. words. No. It's, so
2: it's chaotic in the sense of how it like everything that it wants to be done. It's not necessarily super chaotic in the way it goes about things. Sure. But like, it, yeah. The results of everything it does. It wants, it wants it to be chaotic. Yeah. Also, I understand the like, like the demons are born of the chaos realm.
0: Yeah, but if it was truly chaotic, then there would be not just a war between the demons and devils, but between just the demons yeah. themselves, are, as they would constantly be in a state of chaos fighting each other. They're
2: definitely
0: which they might be. A,
2: a <laughs> bit of a contention between demons, but
1: there is, I yeah. don't think
2: it's uh, horrible.
0: It's probably like uh, a situation of. um a common enemy has is loosely holding them together from destroying yep. themselves.
2: Exactly. <laughs> um,
0: Okay, cool. Uh Last question. How would you like to see them in gameplay or media?
1: I think it would be cool to watch an anime movie where it's cool. set in the abyss and it's like lots of smoky, dark reds all layered on top of each other until you get to this like burnt black throne and just a giant Baylor sitting on top of that throne and like lots of little lesser demons flitting and crawling and slithering a- across the floor you know whispering in abyssal language to uh, him like and leaving throughout the movie you start to see like his guttural calls to certain specific demons and they come and he like sends them away and like it's a lot of slow movement until there's four four lesser demons pop up at the same time, bloodied and in stress and they growl to the Baylor and he just like flashes in a a brilliant blast of fire and you like end up on this battlefield. You know what I mean? Just strung through with just the most horrific things you could see. Demons going at each other, devils going at each other. And then suddenly he just whips into a whirlwind of motion and starts picking people off. I think it would be fun. Not a lot of, of dialogue, you know, maybe some subtitles, but more so like his inner thought would be uh, like narrated and then just action at the end. It would be pretty cool.
0: Sweet. that Yeah, I would, I would watch that. Yeah.
2: 100%. I'm trying to think if I have anything. If I have like a where I would want to see him I wouldn't want to see him <laughs> um <Yeah. laughs> I I don't know I definitely think it would be a cool challenger to throw in there in just like more storylines of like high high fantasy like that it would just see it be cool to see it be used as like what it is mm-hmm. you know? like just a classic like Balor like I got you. I don't know if that makes that that is coming across properly.
0: I want to see these guys. So something like I said, a lot of the DMs were saying is like have them at the end of a, you know, several strings of encounters. Uh, put them as like the big bad. Put them as a final boss. I say no. I say put twelve of them in a, a massive army of dem- demons, uh, like coming to raid an entire you know civilization uh and figure it out please don't um, do that to us. huge huge war uh baylors flying around dragons uh massive like groupings of foot soldiers just like true chaos like i would love to see a scenario of desperation that may not be winnable you know or at least doesn't seem winnable at you know face value and have like a real fight a real war uh in a tabletop role playing setting cuz cool. there's um one of the coolest wars in in uh, all of fantasy for me is the war uh in the the Tolkien universe where the balors fought i don't remember what what war it was because it wasn't in any of the books or movies i think it was in the just spoken of in the cimmerillion but there was like this crazy war where like all of the elves and dwarves had to go up against the massive armies of morgoth and there's balors essentially like fighting alongside orcs and trolls and just like a massive tidal wave of chaotic evil clashing against like the radiant, good-natured forces. I would love to see that. I love to be in that, and just like switching constantly between different parts of the battlefield. Like, how are you dealing with this? How are you dealing with that? the The wall was just breached. Hundreds of people are dying. Like, <laughs> what? It, what do you have? What defenses are you Even know? Cool to like. That would be a really. Really set cool up fight. six
1: characters for each person and then have like sure, six yeah. different battle instances where you're you know all throughout that war that would be dope
0: i, I think that would be really really cool um and i think the Baylor is not given its time to do that ever in d like <laughs> it's doing that on the abyssal plane what if it didn't have to fight the devils <laughs> and they were doing that on the realms of the regular plane Whatever I'm glad called. they're not. The overworld? No, yeah, but they should be. <laughs> who knows? They should be. It would be cool. Maybe I'll put Balors, uh in Erodis. Who knows? I'm just kidding. There's already Baylors in Erodis. We who need, know? like, a
1: mage school who, like, has a secret society of, like, chaotic evil mages who, like, splinter after yeah. school and, like, build up their magehood until they, they each have their own tower. There and, like, know. in the bowels of the tower, they each have like made their own summoning circles for a baylor to bring upon the uh, prime material plane the chaos that should reign here that would be dope
0: and then the baylor kills all of them and then yeah, like, yeah then uh, there's a, just a bunch of baylors contact running contact rampant. for you baylors <laughs> Oh, no oh
1: no <laughs> i would scary. like that that would be fun
0: okay my um magical barrier is starting to crack and Yep. Oh, I slipped. I'm hanging on. I'm hanging on to the bridge by my fingertips. We got to get going, guys. Come on. Fly, you fools. All right.
2: Fly. Fly.
0: That's going to do it for us this week. I'm Dylan. I'm Melina. And I'm Alec. We'll see you next time with another episode of Mornings with Monsters.
2: Oh uh... Toodles.